oral questions by members. Leader of the Official Opposition. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, earlier this week, the Premier released their latest new housing plan, and not surprisingly, it has few details. It will delay important decisions being made for many, many more months. And in a wonderful flashback to the 1990s fudge budget, it also has numbers that absolutely, totally uh, mislead the public in an effort to hide their housing failures. Now, it's important to recognize that after six years in their current housing plan, how have we done here in British Columbia? Well, we know we've got the highest housing prices in North America, third highest on the planet, and we now have the highest average rents in the entire country right here in the lower mainland of British Columbia. And instead of working with communities and saying, okay, let's establish the targets that allow us to get some density along transit and arterial corridors and ensure that the growth is consistent with the official community plans, this Premier and the NDP government want to impose four plexes in every single family neighbourhood in the province. What on earth have we got local government for if all of the key decisions are going to be made by this NDP government right here in Victoria? Every official community plan has now been rendered meaningless, completely meaningless. And I can guarantee you, Mr. Speaker, that the Premier and this Housing Minister have not thought this through, and what few details we have frankly make it evident that they have no idea what they're doing. So my question to the Premier is, given the Premier's abysmal track record as a housing minister to date based on the results we see, how on earth are British Columbians going to have any confidence that this latest plan they're coming up with, with all the inaccuracies it shows in it, is going to do anything other than give more failure to the public of British Columbia? Minister of Housing. Thank you, uh, thank you so much, Honourable Speaker. And uh, uh, I was very proud to be able to stand with the Premier to announce uh, our housing strategy, uh, housing for homes for people, Honourable Speaker. Uh, we know uh, decades of underinvestment in housing. Uh, we know with interest rates going up uh, that uh, we have a real housing crisis. And we need action. Honourable Speaker, and that's what they got out of this uh, strategy, Honourable Speaker. I was at the UBCM conference. The amount of people that came to us and said, this is what we needed, this is the strategy we needed, Honourable Speaker, was overwhelming. Overwhelming, Honourable Speaker. And you know what was... Oh, I, I heard, I heard the, the uh, leader of the opposition speech, and uh, quite frankly, it was hard to make sense of it. <laughs> It was hard to make sense of it, Honourable Speaker. Uh, I support the flipping tax. And then every day he comes in here and says he doesn't like taxes. He supports the flipping tax. And then he says, oh, um, I don't like the gentle density in communities. Um, and so, you know, he was a developer for a long time. He doesn't, he doesn't like density. And then he spent the entire time talking about how we need more towers in communities, Honourable Speaker. And then he went on to talk about targets in communities and how he needs to put targets on communities. Honourable Speaker, they have no plan. They have no vision for housing. They, Mem members, no members, members, order, 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 please. Honorable Speaker, they have no plan. They have no vision for housing now. They had no vision for housing when they were in government for 16 years because they did nothing, Honorable Speaker. They did nothing. 
And if you talk to stakeholder after stakeholder, they will say decades of underinvestment is the reason why we're in this challenge, Honorable Speaker. So we are proud of our strategy, Honorable Speaker. Honorable Speaker, to the core, to the core of this housing strategy is to ensure that young people can continue to live in British Columbia. When a house gets torn down and another house gets put up, it's not affordable for people, Honorable Speaker. And I'm not saying that single-dwelling homes are going to be gone. If a person wants to, can afford one, if a person can afford one and they want one, the market will ensure that those housing units continue to get built, Honorable Speaker. But for far too many, that's not affordable. And so what we're doing here, Honorable Speaker, is providing options for people. We want to ensure that young people can continue to stay in British Columbia, Honorable Speaker. We want to ensure that seniors can have their grandkids close to them. And that's what this strategy is about, Honorable Speaker. <laughs> Leader of the Official Opposition, Supplemental. Well, well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, what I care about, what the public cares about, are actual results. And as I pointed out, we've got the worst results in North America. Just to be clear, so that housing minister understands, with their great plans, and apparently their genius in understanding the housing sector, they've managed to single-handedly get us to the worst place in North America for housing prices and Mr. Speaker, when I left government in 2013, the average townhome in Surrey was about $400,000. Today, under the genius of the NDP, it's now over a million dollars for a typical townhouse. That's, that's the kind of results they've generated. I've always said, Mr. Premier, we've always said on this side, we need to flood the zone with more of everything. We need more market rental, more affordable rental, more condos, more townhouse. But we also recognize that we need to work with local governments to make sure it's consistent with the plan that they laid out for the If the member opposite and the government opposite had listened to the voices like this opposition in the private sector that were warning them years ago when they first came out with their housing plan that didn't even talk about housing supply, they wouldn't be in the situation they're in today where they just loaded on all these costs and taxes. But if we're going to do housing right, Mr. Speaker, it's got to be smart. It's got to make sure that the housing is going to be on those transit corridors and those arterial corridors, and that you're working with local governments to make sure it's consistent with the vision they have for their local uh, situation in the local communities. But to say that every single family residence in the province of British Columbia is going to be upzoned because these people think they know best is the wrong decision. It's not going to get the results you need if you talk to anyone that knows anything about the housing sector. Mr. Speaker, what that's going to do to already overcrowded schools. For example, in a place like Surrey, where this government promised to eliminate all portables in the first four years, and today we've got more portables than we've ever had, and now they Members. want to make every single family lot a fourplex. Imagine what that's going to do to the schools and the, and the hospitals and the infrastructure, Mr. Speaker. I'll conclude with this. I want to say, instead of working with local governments and making sure that the, that the growth and the density that we're talking about that we all agree we need Members. is going to be in the areas where it makes sense, where it's good for the environment, good for transit, good for cycling and walking. Why has this minister and this premier decided that every single family home is going to be now zoned to a fourplex in British Columbia? Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. And um, when that member left government, Honourable Speaker, it was a good day for British Columbia. <laughs> Honourable Speaker, 
Members, 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 come to order. Members will come to order now. Honourable Speaker, it was a good day because of the cuts this person brought to this province. Honourable Speaker. No, please. Okay. Honourable Speaker, um, now the, what, what the uh, leader of the official opposition. You can't have it both ways, Honourable Speaker. You can't say, we need density, and then say, we don't want density. You can't have it both ways. Okay? You know best. Oh, oh. And he says he knows best. He says he knows best. Honourable Speaker. Members. 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 Please continue. Honourable Speaker, um, we worked with stakeholders. Honourable Speaker, we worked with stakeholders uh, on this uh, strategy. I'm, I'm very proud of it, Honourable Speaker. Uh, it is going to move British Columbia in a good way, Honourable Speaker. And, and again, to the core, what we're talking about here, Honourable Speaker, is the ability for young families to be able to get into the housing market. That's what we're talking about here, Honourable Speaker. That's what we're talking about. We, do, we want a place here in British Columbia where a young person can actually access the home, where people can raise their kids in the same neighborhood that they grew up in, Honorable Speaker. That's what we're talking about here, Honorable Speaker. When a house is torn down, and if it's only a house that's built, that is only affordable for some people. If they can afford it, they'll buy it, and as I said, the market will deliver for them, Honorable Speaker. But for too many, we need more options. That's what this plan is about, Honorable Speaker. And you know, there's been stakeholders that have come out in favor. And the member may know Neil Moody, from the, who's the CEO of the Canadian Home Builders. He said, there's so many cases, we've got problems with people that have uh, been in their homes for many years and they're house rich and cash poor. This type of strategy, Honorable Speaker, is gonna be able to ensure that people, like this woman Kathleen in my community, was able to tear her house down, build four units on the same lot, where she is living with her husband, and all her kids are in the units there, Honorable Speaker. Imagine the opportunity for people to be able to have all their family living with them on one site, Honorable Speaker. This is going to unlock more homes for people in a quicker way, Honorable Speaker. I'm proud of the strategy. It's unfortunate that they can't figure out what they stand for on that side, Honorable Speaker. Member for West Vancouver, Capilano. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'm not sure what conference the minister was at yesterday, but certainly it wasn't the same one I was at uh, in speaking to the people at my table uh, and their response to uh, this new housing plan. Um, I'd also uh, wonder uh, about all these kids and families that the minister professes to be concerned about providing housing for uh, as a result of this complete debacle with all of these condos now moving to 55 plus because they are certainly not going to be living in those condos. So right on, the, right on the heels of that chaos with the Strata Act changes, the Premier is now asking him us to trust him as he botches another major change to family housing. So the Premier uh, talked about California and what's happening with California. Well, I'll tell you, California's legislation targeted development around transit corridors and included reasonable limits to protect low-income families and deter speculation. This side of the house does not have a problem with density. It has, it, it's concerned that it is not done the right way, it is not targeted in the right places, and it's being done irresponsibly.
promptly without the respect of the communities that it's being forced upon. This, uh, this Premier has done uh, none of those things uh, on this back-of-envelope plan, and communities are already saying that infrastructure will not be in place. Richmond Mayor Malcolm Brody says, quote, do you have the sewers and the pipes and the water supplies? Everything that it takes. And we're just going to assume that traffic is going to take care of itself, end quote. So, Mr. Speaker, why is the Premier eliminating single-family homes province-wide instead of targeting the missing middle in communities where it's most needed? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker. And I have to correct the member. Uh, we, we are not eliminating single-family homes. Single-family homes can still be built in communities, Honourable Speaker. If people can afford them, if people can afford them, and they want them, the market will deliver those homes still, Honourable Speaker. What we're providing here is options, Honourable Speaker. We're providing options for more people to get into the housing market. You can't have it both ways. You can't come out there and say, I'm pro-density, I want towers everywhere, but oh, 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 don't build units in communities, Honourable Speaker. Oh, don't, don't come to Vancouver, Colchena. Honourable Speaker, that's what I hear. I hear, don't come to Vancouver, Colchina. We don't want, we don't want more people in our community, but everywhere else, go ahead and build it, Honourable Speaker. That is not an acceptable response. That's not leadership, Honourable Speaker. That's not leadership, Honourable Speaker. Members, members. Now, now, Honourable Speaker, when it comes to Richmond, I think Richmond is an example of showing how it can be done. If you go to Richmond, you will see fourplexes, you will see row houses, you will see triplexes, Honourable Speaker. The community has that right now. The message we're saying is if it can be successful in one part of the community, it can be successful everywhere. Now, the members talk about transit-oriented development. I'm glad they've caught up because that's in the strategy here as well. to the idea that we should be building housing near transit. Do they not know the entire time they were in government there was a policy that said we, we could not buy land near transit stations to build housing? Do they not know that, Honourable Speaker? That's, that's what we are, that's what we've changed. Well, he says who built it? Who built the transit? I'll tell you who built it. Oh, it, it was temporary foreign workers, Honourable Speaker. It was temporary foreign workers that came in to work in the working line. Thank you. you know, we can talk about that at greater lengths, Mr. Speaker. Members, 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 shh, members. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Enough. Member. We have young kids in the audience. They are here to learn and see the democracy in action. This is not what we want to show. Bo both sides, both sides. Okay, please conclude. Honorable Speaker, uh, Philip McKellar from, Philip McKellar from Homes for a Living says the government seems to get it. On small scale multi-unit change, I would like to say that this makes a dent in the supply side of the equation and the evidence for this is in New Zealand and that has had an impact on house prices there as well. Casey Edge, Executive Director of Victoria Residential Builders Association, thinks, I think this, is a, this has enormous potential, Honourable Speaker. Small-scale multi-unit zone changing will help Thank people you. get the 
It'll help people that need something bigger than a condo but can't afford a single family. Honorable Speaker, I've got pages no, of this, no. so if they want to keep asking questions, I'll be happy to share that with Thank you. you. Member for West Vancouver, Capilano Supplemental. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Where to even go from there? Um, uh, smart planning is what's needed. Smart planning. With development focused on transit corridors with proper plans, schools, hospitals, and basic infrastructure already in place uh, to support growing populations. But the absence of any specific details and answers to basic questions in the Premier's back-of-envelope housing plan is causing chaos and it's holding up these homes that we desperately need. Kevin Murdoch, the mayor of Oak Bay, says he expects, quote, lag of development because if I was a developer right now, I'd probably stop working on projects and wait six months, end quote. This will have a disastrous impact on building much-needed housing in our community today. So, Mr. Speaker, is the Premier seriously going to tell every municipality to stop development for six months while they wait to figure out how the Premier is going to impose fourplexes on every single-family neighbourhood? Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Again, the contradictions, you know. The first question say, you're doing it, you shouldn't be doing it. Now they're saying, why can't you do it fast enough, Honourable Speaker? Why can't you do it faster? Because we want the housing to be developed. You can't have it both ways, Honourable Speaker. Again, uh, let me, let me uh, share uh, some additional quotes for the, for the member, Honourable Speaker. We had um, Andy Yan, who's a well-known um, uh, housing policy uh, advocate, said, I think overall this housing plan really covers a larger spectrum in terms of housing policy. It covers supply. It covers demand and it covers finance, which I think is a really smart way of moving towards trying to house all British Columbians. Honourable Speaker, the, the Mayor of Saanich said, I'm really pleased to see the province taking this challenge very seriously. I've got a councillor in my community, Dylan Kruger, maybe they may know him. He also came out and said, this is a fantastic policy. You know why, Honourable Speaker? Because young councillors... No, understand that are trying to get into the housing market that we have to find innovative solutions to ensure there's options for young families to get into the housing market. That's who we're fighting for, Honourable Speaker. We should all be together to fight for young families to be able to get housing in communities. Not all of them can afford a, a single dwelling home. I appreciate some can, and they will be able to buy them. The housing will exist. But for those that can't, we need more options, Honourable Speaker. That's why we're doing this work. House Leader, Third Party. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. In the same week that the Premier stood in front of a million-dollar townhome and declared uh, his housing affordability plan, he's scattering the uh, homeless population in Vancouver's downtown east side. Just hours ago, people's belongings were thrown in garbage trucks, street cameras were rendered inoperable, barricades were put up to keep the public away. It's complete erosion of public trust, Mr. Speaker. Premier promised to resolve this decades-old crisis in the downtown east side. In November, he promised 90 temporary shelter units for the neighbourhood. The deadline's passed, and those units are nowhere to be seen. Today, what we see is not leadership, it's policing poverty. The sweeps have never worked. Year after year, month after month, people displaced without a plan, and look where it's gotten us to today. To the Premier, where does he suggest the most vulnerable people in our society go? 
Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, um, uh, Honourable Speaker, and uh, thank you to the member for the question. This is uh, certainly a, a challenging issue. Um, the uh, City of Vancouver notified me this morning that they were going to move in uh, and, uh, and, and, and move on the encampment, Honourable Speaker. Uh, we have been working closely with the City of Vancouver on housing, on related issues, on uh, supporting people with mental health, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I, and I agree with the Mayor. I agree with the mayor that it's not safe right now. The encampment on Hastings in particular is not safe. Uh, the fire risks are great. Uh, many of the housing units that we have uh, on Hastings uh, have been at risk with some of the fires that have uh, happened. Uh, we know that there was a recent report from a uh, not-for-profit that interviewed 50 women, and all 50 of them had been reported to be sexually assaulted. And so, uh, you know, Honourable Speaker, we have been working with local government uh, in particular, but we've been working with uh, not-for-profit partners to work with the individuals uh, that are uh, in the encampment. Uh, we have been able to house 90 of them, which was, I think, a positive thing. Uh, we estimated there was around 70 people that uh, said that they would be interested in housing. We have shelter spaces open. Uh, I've been getting reports that uh, people have been leaving the encampment and going to shelter spaces, uh, Honourable Speaker, uh, which is positive, and we're going to continue to work with the city to expand the opportunities. We have 330 additional units that are coming on by the end of June, 100 every month. 100 this month, 100 next month, 100 next month. Uh, we have additional units coming this fall. Uh, and, uh, and the city has been moving on some of the projects that we've already approved uh, and saying, you know what, we can actually add more density to those units because we know the need is great. So all that work is happening, but it is a challenging situation. Member Supplemental. No doubt it's a challenging situation. It's been a challenging situation for more than a decade, uh, Mr. Speaker. It's uh, kind of shocking to hear that the uh, mayor just called the Minister of Housing today. The rumours have been floating around social media for the last couple of days uh, that this uh, action was going to be taken. The Premier has said that he's worried about fires and the assaults that the Minister of Housing has pointed out. And I agree, and I think we agree, that there is uh, safety issues and concerns at the encampment. But the Premier also hasn't mentioned the fires, the assaults, and the disgusting uh, conditions at the SROs in the province, which is part of the solution uh, that this uh, province has, apparently. A man living on the sidewalk in downtown Eastside feels that he said that he feels that he's safer on the street. He said they face overdoses, violent deaths, assaults, filthy conditions in those dilapidated buildings. The Premier says that this is a safety issue, but let's be clear, rounding up people and moving them inside without fixing the deplorable situations in the SROs is not ensuring safety. Scattering people across the communities of the Lower Mainland isn't making those most vulnerable people in our society more safe. The Premier wants dignified housing for people, but it appears that he actually wants them off the street more. Mr. Speaker, to the Premier, can he confirm that there is dignified housing, like he promised, available today, not the end of June, today, for every person that is being displaced by this action in downtown Vancouver today? Minister of Housing. Uh, thank you, Honourable Speaker, and again, thanks to the member for the question. Um, he is, he is correct. Uh, the challenges that uh, are faced by many, uh, especially around the downtown east side, are decades in the making. 
Uh, it is a complex situation. Uh, we are uh, working with our partners, all partners, to find uh, paths to uh, get people into safe and adequate housing. So I'll make a couple of comments. One, some SROs are not in great shape. Uh, we have SROs that are very old. The buildings are uh, in, in tough shape, and we're working with our partners uh, to uh, renovate, to make them safer, um, and, and all that work is happening. We know over the long term that uh, we need to move away from the SRO model, and, uh, and that work has also begun. City of Vancouver, CMHC, uh, and, and BC Housing have been working together on what does that plan look like. But we also know, uh, and, and the member will know also, activists will tell you that for now, a lot of those SRO spaces are adequate housing for people. Uh, we, in fact, have activists come to us often to say an SRO building is going on sale, the province should buy it, because people understand for the, for the time being it's adequate housing. And so shelter spaces are available, we're moving people into shelter spaces, and I will, uh, I will say to the member that um, I, I, would, I would say that right now the shelter spaces are safer than the encampment for people. Given the fires, given the uh, increased crime, the shelters are a safer place for people. And then when they get into shelters, we assess their needs from there, we move them into different housing units. We have housing units coming on in the short term. Uh, by June, 330. We actually have hundreds more coming in the fall. We're building these capacity as fast as we can to get people housed. Member for Kamloops, North Thompson. Thank you, uh, Mr. Speaker. Well, under this soft on crime premier, social disorder and chaos on our streets has never been worse. And small businesses have been completely deserted by this government and left to fend for themselves. The Premier's decision to purchase motels and warehouse individuals with severe mental health and addictions issues without providing any proper supports has created a large part of this utter chaos in the downtowns across this province. When you layer on the soft and crime Premier's catch and release system, businesses are feeling powerless against the chronic and violent shoplifters they are dealing with on a daily basis. Small businesses are being pummeled as people feel unsafe shopping downtown and on, on all the extra costs, replacing broken windows and glass and installing security systems, addressing fires, staff safety issues, and the violence that is coming at an increasing level with the shoplifting. So Mr. Speaker, with so many small businesses barely hanging on, when will this soft on crime premium finally provide them with the financial relief they desperately have been asking for and seeking and as this government sits on their hands and does nothing to help the business community. Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. Um, you know, the member talks about us as a government buying motels, um, moving people indoors. Yes, we did. We did that, Honourable Speaker, through the pandemic. We did that because people were struggling and we needed to do everything we could to get people housed. So, yes, we did that, Honourable Speaker. Uh, and, uh, and we're proud of the actions we took, Honourable Speaker. We saved a lot of people's lives, Honourable Speaker, by giving them the housing and the mental health supports and the wraparound supports we had Honourable Speaker, um, and if we had the opportunity and this all happened again, we would do it again because, Honourable Speaker, these folks that we're talking about are, the, are some of the most vulnerable people. And so, you know, the member from uh, Saanich uh, asked me a question about uh, encampments, uh, and, and I'll say the same thing again. We are working 
Uh, every single opportunity we see, we are trying to capture to ensure that people have housing, they have the mental health supports, they have the addiction supports, they have whatever supports they need, whether it's, maybe it's even connecting with their family members, Honourable Speaker. All those things are being put in place to help people because, Honourable Speaker, we know Honourable Speaker, we know that when you can provide people housing, you provide them the stability and provide them, then you can give them the additional supports they need. That is the path that we know has worked in other jurisdictions and we're going to continue to do that work. Opposition House Leader. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, the Premier's decision to warehouse people without supports, coupled with his catch and release uh, policies, have left businesses uh, all across this province and all of our communities defenceless against chronic and violent uh, actions that they're dealing with every single day. Uh, I will um, uh, highlight one such business in Kamloops. Uh, for 43 years, Mindy and Nina have owned Stereo Warehouse and Sisters Sleep Gallery. Uh, they have faced uh, massive increases in shoplifting, vandalism, having to deal with broken glass, fires and overdoses uh, virtually uh, every other day, it seems. Uh, this has been escalating and getting worse and worse for the past uh, five years. Their customers don't feel safe. Uh, often their employees aren't feeling uh, safe. And uh, Nina and Mindy are not feeling safe. Uh, Mindy said, and I, says, and I quote, We are constantly being threatened and called names. Some individuals have threatened to slit our throats and rape us. We've been, we're here to run a business and make a living, not to be tra traumatized by all of this. Our lives mental health and financial health are all at risk. Mr. Speaker, businesses like uh, uh, Mindy's and Nina's are desperate for something, anything from this government to address the crime, the vandalism that they are facing uh, daily and that threatens to drive them out of business. So the question is this, when will the Premier provide some financial relief to these desperate businesses who are literally hanging by a thread due to the purposeful decisions that the Premier has made to warehouse people without supports and to, to continue with soft on crime catch and release policies. Minister of Housing. Thank you, Honourable Speaker. I think the, the problem is in how the member asked the question. He, see, he sees this as warehousing people. Warehousing people? These are, this is providing housing for people, providing wraparound supports for people so they can get back on their feet, Honourable Speaker. This is not a... production line. This is not a... This, members, this is not members. a business operation. Oh. Members. Oh. Members. Oh. No I side commentary, there. please. No side commentary, please. Honourable Speaker, uh, my family ran a business here, a small business, a restaurant here in Victoria, downtown, for many years. We often had to deal with violent situations. We often had to deal with people who came in intoxicated. We had to deal with windows being broken. Honourable Speaker, it's hard. It's hard running a small business, as, uh, in a small business with, um, with uh, challenges in the neighbourhood. But honestly, Speaker, the way you address those challenges is you, you help provide people housing, you provide the wraparound supports like we're doing, Honorable Speaker. You help them get stability in their lives, Honorable Speaker. So this is not warehousing people, Honorable Speaker. This is housing people, and we're going to continue to do that work. The bell and question period. 